Hey, new listeners, this is your host, Ben. We just want to give a huge shout-out to our followers. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, our show is available on iTunes if you can download it. We've recently just got over 100 downloads, which is an amazing accomplishment we did not think we were going to be able to do. So uh, if you saw the setup that we had, you would not believe that 100 people have listened to us combined. But <laughs> we do have 100 downloads. So subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, download the show, and spread the word, please. Uh, we're going to get going into this episode. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Well, I think it's safe to say that our luck has officially turned around, guys. We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Classic. All right, this is Noobed Week 4, July 14th. A day late, hopefully not a dollar short. Never I'm, a dollar short. I'm your host, Ben Vandal. Boston Beer Benny on Instagram. Treehouse Benny on Untapped. And to my left, your radio right is my host, co-host, Josh Mo Fortin. Hello, hello. Mo, how you doing? Doing great. Living the dream. It didn't really rain today, so I'm stoked about that. We're able to come outside. Crazy guy next door isn't doing anything stupid today. Well, he hasn't fired up the bandsaw yet, so we're Not in luck. So I feel fortunate for that. I'm feeling good. Well, we have a big show for you today, so we're going to get right, right into our tap list. This is a rundown of what we're going to do today on the show. So we are starting off with What Are You Drinking?, we have our local releases segment. We will do a tap takeover review of Two Roads at the uh, Cask and Pig. We have a new segment, Vocabulary, which we are excited to bring to you. We have the critically acclaimed Ben's Adventures. Be on the lookout for that. Fan favorite weird beer stuff. And as always, we will cap it off with Shelfer of the Week. Uh, before we get going here, we do want to do a quick reminder of our drinking game. If you are playing along at home, keywords you're looking for are fantastic, dive in, correct, and any mention of Mo's wife. And we will just tell you when you can finish your beer because something crazy will happen today. <laughs> and we're going to go right into what are you drinking? Mm, drink it in. It always goes down smooth. What are you drinking this week, Mo? This is a uh, local release segment, part of the local release segment, where we tell you what we got our hands on, what we were able to get, and what we'll be drinking this weekend. So why don't you start us off? Well, I am working all weekend, so that's unfortunate. I'm working yeah. on Saturday and Sunday, so I won't get to enjoy a whole lot of this. Uh, but I did score some beer from Trillium this week. Uh, got some DDH Congress, DDH Scaled, uh, the DDH Summer, and uh, Citra Cutting Tiles. So I'll get into that at some point. I uh, did also take a trip to uh, Black Hat Brewing Company in Bridgewater. Nice. Uh, met with Paul, the, the brewer there. Uh, got some beer for the Cask and Pig, so that'll be coming on Monday, so I'm super stoked about that. Oh, great. Well, I um, as I told you on the show last week, I headed up to Proclamation this yes. past weekend. Got my hands on the Mango Mouth Breather IPA, the Galaxy Derivative IPA, both really, really good. Kind of like the Citra Derivative more than the Galaxy, but I'm glad I got to try it. And the mango mouth breather is just uh, it's really something special. Yeah. So I brought you some of that. Thank you. And uh, we will go right into our local releases segment. Wow, this is uh, pretty crowded. Yeah, well, $9 beer night. So this is our local releases. We take you around New England, try to tell you what you can get if you are in search of beer this weekend. And I feel like we've kind of been catering to the really uh, beer nerd type of crowd. We've been going really, really Definitely. low, uh, low volume stores, people that are willing to wait in line, and maybe our audience isn't all like that. So 
I figured I'd go to some of the bigger ones where maybe you've heard of these, never got the chance to try them, but uh, if you haven't, we highly recommend it. And this is some stuff that you can get in, in liquor stores as well. So I'm going to do Lawson's Finest in Warren, Vermont. This brewery is not open to the public, so don't try to go there <laughs> and taste any beer. But Classic you mistake. can get this pretty pretty readily at a lot of liquor stores, especially in Vermont. They have a rhubarb basil saison that came out July 1st. That sounds amazing. Uh, they also have a beer called Maple Nipple, <laughs> which is a maple brown ale. Uh, it sounds really deep, really sweet, and that came out the 10th of July. Interesting. And he- heading up to another big one, this is a brewery that you can go to, is Maine Beer Co. Uh, up in Freeport, Maine. And they have another one IPA on tap, which is not something that they always have, and That's Water and Woods. Uh, outside of the normal, the mo lunch, dinner, uh, beer selection that you might have seen at your local liquor store. And if you are up in Maine, uh, stop by Bissell Brothers. Take a look. Uh, Colin's bachelor party is up there this weekend. Oh, so fuck. Colin's up there with Seamus. Hey, Colin, how you doing? Thanks for the invite. Uh, <laughs> I am sitting here. Hopefully you guys are enjoying yourself. Hopefully you are in the car or up there already. Uh, bring me back a four-pack, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. And... Uh, <laughs> it's not too much to ask for, I don't think. Like a little swish. Can I get some, you know? Yeah. You have any locals for us? Uh, local beer releases. Um, I mean, we got Mystic. Did you want to touch on that? Uh, Legal Dance Moves. It's a double IPA on tap in the tap room. Yeah, and if you're in Chelsea, Night Shift just put out a beer uh, called Limelight. It's a play on their Night Light series, which is a super light IPA. Very drinkable. This is kind of like the Bud Light version of it, uh, the Bud Light Lime version. So it's got a little citrus tint to it. I haven't got a chance to try it. I really like the Nightlight. Yeah, you I were really, a fan of that. I thought that was really good for a light uh, ale that you could drink all week. Um, Short Path Distillery, too. If you go up to Night Shift and you go over to Mystic, you are in the Chelsea area. There's a Short Path Distillery right next to Night Shift. Great stuff. We couldn't think of it last week, uh, so we failed to mention it. Um, also, another local release beer note, not that we're going to touch on Treehouse today, but I don't know if you saw, Doppelganger has its own can now. They took away the sticker can. They actually gave it the oh. full top-to-bottom can. All right, got the full treatment now. Which one of our favorite beers, so hopefully that goes into rotation yeah, pretty readily because that would be a fantastic that's option. That's my favorite, I think, by them. Fantastic. Drink at home nice. if you heard me. So, um, And the last one we'll touch upon is Berkeley Brewing Company. We have a good friend, Nate, who's in one of our beer forums. He is a part-time brewer there, I believe, or he at least helps out there. Telling us about the new facility that's opening up in Taunton here soon. 8,500 square feet. It's going to seat 150 people. It's They're going to have huge. a brick pizza oven inside, a kayak landing on the Taunton River. I guess it's going to be a really cool spot to go. And uh, I tried to work him over to get a friends and family night, get us in there. Yep. They opened a night. And he said they got a bunch of new fermentation tanks. He's going to try some new stuff when they open back up. Cool. So they're a really consistent beer company. You can get your hands on them locally as well. Uh, that is Berkeley Brewing. They're out of Berkeley, Mass. now, but they are moving to Taunton. So I want to get some of that on the on tap at the cask. Yeah. i gotta got to talk to Glenn and uh, touch base with him and get some of that on because I haven't had it yet. So. Yeah, so that uh, that concludes our local releases point, and we are going to go into Moe's Tap Takeover Review. Well, um, actually, pretty nice little Saturday. We're, uh, we're going to go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring, stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. 
Moe's Tap Takeover Review. Mo had a big day on Thursday here at the Cash and Pig. Yes. Which is his employer. Uh, you had a two roads tap takeover? Yeah, it was a, um, a five course dinner. Uh, we were serving uh, uh, an appetizer, a salad, two entrees, and a dessert. Ooh. We also did six beers. So you got one beer just for showing up. Uh, they put it in a, you know, they brought some swag, they brought some t shirts, glassware, things like that. So everybody got a two roads glass, some stickers, a couple keychains. Always good to get swag. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, so they, they were, I think everybody was really happy with that. We sold 75 tickets, which was great for the first, you know, the first event we've done. Uh, we served Honey Spot, Little Heaven, the Old Factory Pilsner. Went with a couple year-round uh, things from Two Roads. All were very well received. Um, then they opened, they opened the vault for us, and we got a 2015 uh, 20-ton ale, which is a blonde barley wine. That was the showstopper, I think. Everybody was was really wowed by the fact that that's 13.5% and it drinks it drinks like it's you know it's sweet it's it's flavorful it's not super not super boozy um, but it'll definitely put you on your ass at that percentage as I'm sure you're finding out right now <laughs> yeah I'm drinking it right now it is super smooth and it still has that that hint of two roads flavor in it I'm not sure what they do you know every brewery has their signature sure. flavor so definitely uh, it is relatively uh, smooth for 13% and it, it does have a great sweet finish. The Kentucky Lightning uh, was another one that went over really well. That's a that's a yearly release for Two Roads. Uh, it's a sour mash ale aged in bourbon barrels. Mm. That one ironically does hit you with a little booze, but it's only 8.5%. Uh, so that was really cool. And then the Brothers and Farms, it's a Saison style, like Wild Ale. Uh, Grisette that they started making this year. It's the first time they've made it, I guess. Um, but they, we were able to get a, a sixth of that, and we poured that. Uh, very popular. It was. It couldn't have gone better. I was really, really pleased with the event. I didn't see any of our listeners there, unfortunately. Um, but uh, hopefully for the next event, you know, we we sell out. Uh, our goal was to sell 50 tickets. Uh, we printed 100, kind of optimistically, and we sold 75 of them. So it was fantastic. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a mo fantastic, by the way. That doesn't count. Does not count. Or so- does it? Well, it might. You know, I mean, why don't you throw it in there? Take a sip for us. <laughs> uh, do you have any others coming up? Any other uh, events coming up at the Cask and Pig that we can get tickets to? Check out some cool breweries? Yeah. So, I don't know how many of our listeners are into this, but uh, we are doing paint nights at the Cask and Pig. Ooh. We all have wives, girlfriends, significant others uh, that might be into this kind of thing. I do see guys do it from time to time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just we just sold out this one coming up next week. Uh, on the 19th, that one is sold out, uh, but we have one coming up on August 2nd. Uh, tickets can be purchased through the Paint Night website. Uh, you go on there, you use the code DEV10, and you get $10 off a ticket. So for 35 bucks, you come, you paint this paint, paint a picture. He gives you, you know, some some teaching, uh, kind of like a lesson, like a paint lesson, and you know, you get to take home your painting, have a couple glasses of wine. Uh, so it'll be a, a cool event for us. And something that we'll be doing moving forward. And then the Pig and Pint series will continue next month. Uh, the brewery's still to be named later. Um, I just heard from the guy from Notch Brewing. Uh, he wants to do a four-course dinner, which okay. we might do. Um, also, Castle Island would be a possibility. So, again, looking at just something really local. Um, and, yeah, something that some beer that makes a wide portfolio of beers because you know we want to be able to match food with it so yeah and the best part about the paint night is the more you drink the better your painting looks right yeah that's it actually general becomes, rule of thumb. becomes three-dimensional good uh, yeah interactive piece if you will yep 
Um, so that's really good, and I look forward to that. I, I wish I went to Pints and Pigs, to be honest, but as I told you, yeah. you'll find out in Ben's Adventures that I was on I was on some pretty thin ice. I'm sure so, you were. So we're, we're going to hop in. Why don't you, you know what? We're going to dive into the next segment because I want it. you to drink. Why don't you keep the pace up, take Correct. a sip of your IPA, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get going here into the next segment. Google it. No. Google it. By gay, you mean the old English definition of fun, enjoyable, and carefree, then yes, it's extremely gay. I think they meant the other definition. This is our new segment, Vocabulary. Uh, we had just spoke about it a little earlier that we don't know our listener base to be the full-on beer nerd. Right. You know, they might be a little advanced, a little too advanced for podcasts, if that's even possible. But if you are just starting out, um, maybe even at our level. I mean, I learn new beer words all the time, oh, yeah. just like we're going to say in this segment. I, I learned this word over the weekend. Uh, but this is the way the format will go, is I'm going to introduce the new beer word to our audience as well as to my co-host. He's, he is a world-renowned speller. He is going to see if he can spell this word correctly and also if he knows what it means. I have a feeling he will know what this one means because he worked in the wine industry Ooh, okay. for a couple of years. Uh, so, nice, nice little teaser. Yes. Yeah, so Gives me a second to prepare. So we're going to start with our first word. Our first word in the vo- vocabulary series is QV. 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 Do you need the origin? Do you need a yeah, media Part, use of, part of speech is probably a noun. Um, it is a noun, yes. I believe it's spelled C-U-V-E-E. That is correct. The that way correct. I always said it was cuvee, so I don't even yeah. know if that's the right word. See, that's the way I was saying it, but I listened to many pronunciations today oh. online, and it was uh, QV. Really? It's the American pronunciation of it. So I'm not sure that I know what that means. I know that it's used in reference to champagne. Yes. Um, yeah. So we'll get into that. I'm not exactly sure defini- what it means. Well, uh, the Webster's definition of a QV is a type blend or batch of wine especially champagne okay uh where they where webster's was limited is now they are actually adding it into beer um beer as we've said for a while craft beer is the new wine they're doing a lot of different things with it so i'd imagine the age-old practice of blending wines and champagnes and different grapes is going to take hold in the beer world um i guess every beer is kind of a blend of hops. yeah it's a they kind of already do that yeah. Anyways, but just... I think this is a blend of the of the final product. It might even be used more as a batch number for hmm. a lot of importers. Um, and I do have two big examples that I find uh, of the QV. One is local. One is imported. And I'll start with the big one. They're, the most famous one, probably in the world, is Tilquin. Uh, Tilquin's uh, an importer from Belgium. Okay. They have a 99% rating on rapier. They do, they're called a blendery. So they actually do blend finalized beers and create their own beer and rebottle it and ship it out. Sure. Uh, which sounds something that we would be big into. You know, yeah, we, that'd be awesome. So we take the achievements of other men. Of course. And we, we turn them around as profits for our own And then take credit game. for Yeah, us. it's a lot like the new yeah. podcast. Yeah, so we basically <laughs> just drink other people's beers and tell you how good they are. Exactly. Uh, so that's something we're super into. I got to try one this weekend at a friend's house, not even at the beer fest, and he brought out a Tilquin, and we tried it. It was really cool, Saison-y, it really crisp. You couldn't tell that it was blended, obviously. I don't huh. know how you would, but 
And the other one that I thought of, I'm, I'm not even sure this is I'm a real thing. I'm wondering what you're going to say here. I have one uh, in mind, I think. It's Lord Hobo. Yeah, yeah Boom Lord sauce. Hobo. So Boom Sauce is actually a combination of two of their IPAs. Do you know the... It's three of them. It's um, Consolation Prize, Steal This Can, and one other one. I can't think of it. Yeah. We'll have to come back to it next week. Ball and Chain, maybe? Yeah. So I they, feel like that's what it's called. If you've had Boom Sauce, it's a pretty popular IPA in a yep. lot of, on a lot of tap rooms. So. It gets a lot of hate for some reason. I don't I don't really understand that. Cause I it, like it. I, I like it. I mean, high percentage, pretty smooth feel. A lot of our listeners drink Boom Sauce. I know that for a fact. If you do buy it at a liquor store, make sure you check the date on the can because yeah. Lord Hobo does have some outdated products on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, so just one, one bit of advice there. Not that it's bad, not fresh. I mean, I've had it a few months old and it was still fine but if you're looking for the freshest beer just make sure you check the can date yeah so you will see on the shelf probably mostly in your imported aisle is a qv uh be on the lookout just know that it is a blend or a batch beer um it's you'll probably definitely see it in the wine aisle and the champagne aisle as well yep don't be scared don't get scared by that word pick it up now you know what it means you've been empowered so now you go, no, you just tell, just tell the guy next to you in the liquor store. Tell him, hey, do you know what a QV is? And he'll say no, and you'll say, you need to listen to Noob. That's so subscribe perfect. Perfect segue. Now you just made a friend. Exactly. So we will continue the vocabulary definition. I'll post a link on our Facebook page uh, to Tilquin so you can read a little bit more about him. See if you can find him in your imports aisle at your local liquor store. And we're going to jump over to our critically acclaimed segment. Uh, This is Ben's Adventures. Uh, If I can find the button, and I can't, so that's perfect. I can just do it. I'm very aroused. Oh, good. I want to hear. When did you know you wanted to be a model? Hmm. I guess it would have to be the first time I went through the second grade. I caught my reflection in a spoon while I was eating my cereal, and I remember thinking, wow, you're ridiculously good looking. Maybe you could do that for a career. Do what? Be professionally good-looking. You know, if that button doesn't sum me up, I don't know what does. So this is Ben's Adventures. Oh, uh, hopefully you saw the teaser in our Facebook group. It was a post of mine drinking a sampler at a Sourfest that I attended this past weekend. It was the Wear Funk Fest put on by Night Shift and Jack's Abbey. It was in Walpole, Mass. At an, on an Oktoberfest grounds. A uh, pretty cool spot to be at. A lot of open air. They had, um, I, I don't know what to call it. It was like a room without walls. It just had pillars and Ooh. a roof. Can it be a room without walls? Um, I'm not sure what you would call it. That's what, Maybe just a floating roof. Okay. A, a stationary tent. I, sure. I don't know what you okay. would call it. So I'm following you. Uh, they had a 10-piece band there playing some music. It was pretty neat. All the vendors were lined up outside. And... Uh, one common thing at beer fest is it gets like super hot, super congested because they're usually all inside, yep. and everyone's just talking and huffing and puffing and drinking a bunch of beer. I mean, we're not the most athletic people no, at no, beer fest. Not so. if you're frequenting <laughs> beer events, probably not. But this one was spread out. You know, people playing frisbee, playing football, grabbing a beer, moving around, getting food, playing bago. It was kind of cool. So. Um, this was put on too by Night Shift and Jack's Abbey as kind of a response to the Wicked Weed Sour Fest that everyone pulled out of because Wicked Weed is InBev, the big bad wolf. So a lot of big guys were there to support them, which I was kind of surprised about. And also a lot of the smaller ones, since there weren't too many vendors, really got to shine through. So I, I got a chance to try 
I would say about 30 beers, and I'm not going to go over the whole thing. I, I will post the lineup on the Facebook group so they everyone can see should. it. Um, hopefully, you got a chance to get tickets to go out there. Maybe I ran into you. So <laughs> my way to my way to um, break this down for you is I'm going to give you the five best beers that I had. Awesome. And then I'll give you one savior of the night for me, and then my my food vendor that I loved. So we're going to start from the bottom and get eventually here, right? As Drake would say. So. Number five, I had the Reserva from Weyerbacher Brewing in Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, not Eastern with an E-R-N, but Eastern T-O-N. So like the town. Yeah, the town Eastern. So uh, it was a great beer. It was 2016 batch. It was like a candied raspberry syrup. It reminded me of those uh, those London's mints. Do you remember those things? Or not mints, but like the raspberry um, lozenges that you could get. They're, they're great flavor. No. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Thanks for really helping me out. There. I was trying. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they're like lozenges that you get. You know, they're old timey candies that your okay. grandma would give you. So, but I'm an old man at heart, so I, I did drink that. So, uh, Reserva was my number five from Weyerbacher. And again, I'll post this list on the Facebook page. Number four was a beer called Thicket as Thieves from Wooden Robot in Charlotte, North Carolina. Great name. Uh, yeah, they're a pretty cool little brewery. Apparently, this is like a real old school place. They do bottles only. So really? they only do growlers. Okay. Only growler fills. So we were immediately asking people after we tried it, like, oh, we got to trade for this. And we hit some people up, and they were like, oh, it's growlers only. So if you're willing to trade growlers, we can do that. But it was a wild ale, uh, really fun, really bright. It was something different that you didn't see at a lot of different places there because they were all sour. Uh, but the wild ale by... Uh, wooden robot was really good. They were really nice people too. So, so not a sour there. Not a sour. It was wild. Okay. So it was like you know a farmhousey style. Okay. Uh, number three made my list because they specifically were not a sour. It was uh, fruit juice IPA by Magnify Brewing out of Farfield, New Jersey. Magnify's F- good Fairfield. shit. Yeah. So they they did they went a completely opposite way and they put IPAs out. And when you go around the room drinking twenty to 30 sours at a time that's a nice little change of pace to get an ipa what is life-saving for your palate i mean it's amazing so and this one happened to be really good it was a fruity ipa it was something that i really enjoyed smelt fantastic it might have been a double i'm not sure but i got some magnify i got some magnify in a trade once and it was phenomenal it was so good Uh, yeah i don't even remember what it was it was like cereal milk or no that's uh, oh it's car is it yeah, Long Live does cereal milk. But. I thought that was... Uh, anyways, I don't remember <laughs> but, what it was called. You know, fruit Juice IPA was my number three, strictly probably because it was an IPA, and it really saved my palate at that time. Number two was actually the first beer that I had. It was probably the rarest beer at the event, and we lined up in line about 30 minutes in advance for a Duck Duck Goose. I think it might have been Goza, something like that, but it was it's spelt Goose, G-O-O-Z-E. Mm-hmm. From the Lost Abbey out of San Marcos, California. Really cool of them to travel out and get that stuff. It was just a really, it was golden in flavor. It was golden in color. It was really crisp in flavor. It was like perfectly ideal. If I was to describe a sour to somebody, uh, I would. <laughs> I this think might he, be the crazy I thing. I think he's starting up the saw. You might have to take a drink here soon. <laughs> but Duck Duck goes a really uh, golden color. It was perfectly sour. If I was to describe a sour beer to somebody, this is exactly what I would say. I mean, it just perfectly refined, stayed on your tongue not for too long. It didn't really kill your taste buds. It was great. It was really refreshing. 
and down to my number one, which was the star of the show, it was Troll So Hard. That was the actual picture that I sent you. It was from Jay Wakefield. They're out of Miami, Florida. Uh, it was a deep green okay, I saw uh, color, uh, really like a color that you never see, which is kind of eye-popping. looked like something out of Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. It was like, like the ectoplasma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so when you took a sip, it was like drinking fruit juice. It was unbelievable. And I only got um, a three-ounce pour of it, so I'm not sure how it would taste drinking a full glass of it. Probably but better. How much I enjoyed it, I, it was like life-altering. Drinking this beer, wow. I was like, this is what I need to get. I've heard it's tap only, so I don't think they put it into bottle that can form, so might have to make a growler trade at some point. And who was that from? It was from Jay Wakefield in Miami, oh, Florida. Florida. Yep. Uh, so they do some stuff. They do some, some great stuff anyway, but Troll So Hard was, was the star of the show for me. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure other people had different opinions. Maybe they had those beers in a different order. A lot of people were excited about Duck Duck Goza, so I'm sure that was number one on a lot of people's I feel like list. I've seen, not that, I feel like I've seen Lost Abbey in the liquor store, right? Yeah. Some of their stuff is... Yeah, I mean, they're huge, so I yeah. think that, and they have a really cool like website. They have uh, they have a brewery, and when their brewery is not open, they have a tap room called The Confessional. Oh, that's awesome. And they're like church-based, okay. so it's kind of cool. Fits in with cool. their theme. Yeah, it, it's really neat, so... Uh, my savior of the night at the, the Weir Funk Fest was the guys from Jack's Abbey. On their table, they had a big bottle of Tums. And if you've never <laughs> drank sours before, oh my goodness. I drank about 20 in a row, and I had the worst heartburn of my oh, life. Yeah. I was sitting around, and, every, and I couldn't stop drinking them, obviously. So every sip, I'm holding my chest. I thought I was going to die. And then I get up to the front of Jack's Abbey, and they have this big bottle of Tums, and they were happy about it. They gave us, they were giving them out. They were like, I'm surprised every table didn't have this. The other thing about this festival, really lack of water. Like really? every other beer fest we've been to, they shove they, water yeah, down your throat. Throw, they throw water you at you. And there was nothing here. I think they were really trying to make their money back or something by selling bottles. But Interesting. Yeah, so, so that was the savior of the night. The guys from Jack's Abbey, thank you to them if you're listening. And uh, the food that I had, they had, uh, they had a brick oven pizza that you could get. They had Moody's, which is a food truck that goes to Tilted Barn a lot. They also had a couple other spots, but the one I went to is Boneyard Burgers. Sounds, um, sounds like up my alley. Yeah, they're a food truck, I think, out of the Boston area. They do some really cool stuff. It's kind of like a biker vibe. Okay. But they are vendors at they were vendors at Springfest at Night Shift too. Nice. So I think they hang out at Night Shift a lot. They probably have a good relationship with them. They do awesome like really cool burgers, meaty. They do like a daily fries. They had a black truffle fries that day. Delicious. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So uh, they do really good stuff. If you go to any fest and you see Boneyard Burgers, I can vouch for them. I think they're uh, they're a great great company. So. That was pretty much my idea, uh, or not my idea, but that was Great my breakdown. That was my beer fest weekend. Again, I'll post a link to that so you can see all the vendors that were there. I'll post up my rankings on the Facebook group as well, and hopefully next year I'll try to pre-warn you uh, about tickets so you can buy tickets for it. Yeah, I got to get to that next year. That I mean, if Jess wasn't pregnant, we probably would have went. Yeah. Uh, but where she's not drinking beer, I have to kind of pick and choose my spots here. Yeah. So. And that is a wife mention from Mo, so you yeah. owe you knew us it was going to come. It was going to come at some point. <laughs> Obviously. So. God damn it. <laughs> so we're going to go to our fan favorite, weird beer stuff. Dad, we're men. Okay? That means a few things. We like to shit with the door open. 
We talk about pussy. We go on riverboat gambling trips. We make our own beef jerky. That's what we do. And now that is all wrecked. We literally have never done any of those things. Weird beer stuff. I read a weird beer article to Mo. Um, and he will have a couple questions about it. I will give him a couple questions to answer. And to cut a little time off of the podcast, we had a listener email the Weird Beer stuff in, which is pretty cool. And I'll, I'll just read these both tomorrow, save a little time, and we'll get going from there. So my first Weird Beer story is from a brewer called Sankt Gallant. It's a Japanese brewer. Okay. And they make a beer, Un Kuno Kuro. Okay. Un, un kuno kuro. Yeah, it's a dark coffee stout. Okay. And uh, the uniqueness of this beer uh, is that it is made with coffee beans that were digested by an elephant beforehand. And this is in Japan. This is in Japan. So what they do Why is they feed. Why would you feed coffee beans to an elephant? Well, I'm going to explain. Yeah, it's a pretty common practice. <laughs> and, <laughs> it really is. In a lot of fancy Hawaiian beers, they feed them to uh, these civets, these these animals, civets, they eat the coffee beans and they... Are you uh, being serious? Yeah, they, they get rid of the coffee beans. I thought you were fucking around this whole time. softens them, riches their flavor. You know, when you're a coffee connoisseur like I am, okay. this is this is common knowledge. So, this, uh, this is just done with elephants. So, people actually have to feed coffee beans to the elephants. It travels through their food. They then sift through their dung. And they get, they brew the coffee, then pour the coffee into the beer. So there's a little buffer there. I mean, it's actually, there's probably a little a little elephant feces in the coffee. Yeah, granted. Granted. Okay? But, but you know, you brew it out. But then you brew it out. Right. Yeah, so. Okay. So uh, reviewers of this beer say it has a strong bitter taste followed by a wave of sweetness and mellow body. That mellow body is probably poop. It could be poop. <laughs> Just, and, if you uh, think it's something else, it's probably poop. <laughs> this beer sold out in a matter of, a matter of minutes. Hundred dollars per twelve ounce bottle. Okay. Sold out in mil- minutes, and uh, it's probably not available anymore. Unkuno Kuro is a Japanese pun for the word crap. <laughs> of course so, it is. Why yeah, wouldn't it be? Yeah, and the the bottle label. I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of this as well, and not tweet out, but Facebook. Maybe you can tweet it out. I could. Yeah, nobody follows me, so <laughs> um, it's actually a, a cycle. It's a picture of an elephant, coffee beans, and then it comes out the elephant, and then it goes into the coffee and Jesus. into the beer. So they really break it down for you. So my question is, Mo, would you try this beer? Of course I would. I would never say no to a beer just based on the on how it's made. I mean, you're being very close-minded in that regard. Yeah. If you're, you know, oh, I'm not going to try that because, you know, an elephant pooped out the beans used in the coffee. Yeah. I mean, in the in the beer. You know, it, it is what it is. Dogfish Head made a beer um, a while back where it was based on an Egyptian recipe, and they had to chew the, it was like chew the corn, I think, mm. to break to have the enzymes break break the break the sugars down or something like that. Okay. And they put that in the beer. I tried that beer. I think it was Midas Touch or one yeah. of the, I don't know, it was one of those beers. Classic spit beer. Yeah, it was spit beer. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was whatever. <laughs> it's, you know, it's weird, but, I mean, what's, what's normal about beer? It's, yeah. It's I kind mean, of a weird process in general. You You're go? letting something go bad, essentially. Yeah. So, throw some weird shit in there. Let, let's try it. Fuck <laughs> it. I agree with you, too. I, I would try this beer as well. I, mean, I don't know I'm if I'd spend a hundred bucks away. on it. I would probably try the coffee. 
to be honest. I probably well, wouldn't course. even. I would go right into the coffee. Yeah. I'd say, why, why stop at beer? I mean, what do they charge for the coffee? Like, can I get a cup of coffee with these beans? Is I'm that? I'm sure you could. Um, I know, like, the Hawaiian ones that are actually eaten by, like, civets. Are, What's uh, a civet, first uh, of all? It's a it's a mammal. It's like a, it's like a big cat essentially. Okay. Um, I know those are very expensive. They're like thirty five a pound or something like that for a civet for the or the pound, coffee. The coffee. Oh, okay. I mean, you could probably buy a civet by the pound. I don't know what that cost <laughs> you. Pound of ground civet meat. <laughs> and while we're going on that, when you look up civet beer, it is uh, PETA, the PETA activists, the uh, wackos. They think course. this is animal cruelty, even though the civets eat the coffee beans on their own. They're not force-fed. The elephant, I'm assuming, is force-fed. It has to be force-fed. I'm assuming. So, would you consider this animal cruelty? I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I mean... What a great answer. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if it makes beer... I mean, it sold out in minutes. Yeah. How, did, did it say how many they brewed? Well, I mean, how many Japan. they made? I mean, they... they yeah, they're all they in sell, the weird stuff. you know, Hello Kitty bags and people it's line true. up. Still to this day. We, we don't, you know, we love... Japan. Yeah. We love, love Japanese Japan. people. Shout out to all the Japanese we're listeners. Big Japanese podcast. I don't you know if that? we're big in Japan yet. Well, Somalia, you know, Ghana. Although, but, if we went to Japan, we'd both be really big, just uh, literally speaking. Literally speaking, yes. But so literally double the size of a Japanese right, man, probably. Right. Um, but <laughs> stay, a little off topic. Yeah, staying on the human waste topic. Oh, we did have a listener submitted email from our good friend Jake. Didn't even know he listened to the podcast. That's awesome. That but he I'm does. super excited about it. Thank uh, you. So shout out to Jake, friend of the show now, and uh, second emailer of all time. So guys, if you <laughs> <laughs> gotta step up the emails, guys. I need more emails. In you my know, life. if I could just call Google and pay per email, I'd <laughs> I'd be really <laughs> making out in this deal, but. He submitted a pay, uh, People magazine article. Uh, this is the title for you. Beer made from urine might be the drink of the future. The drink of the future? The drink of the future, okay. yeah. Okay. And uh, so what I thought it was going to say is I thought it was going to say that uh, it was just me on a Sunday morning after a hard night of drinking. You could probably get a really quality IPA yeah. from my urine on Sunday mornings. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Probably I, diluted down to like an APA or something, like a, yeah, like a session maybe by the time it comes out of you. Maybe, yeah. If you combine my sweat and yep. my urine, I yep. mean, you're, you're drinking potent stuff. But <laughs> So uh, this article goes on to say, <laughs> this article goes on to say that there's a team of Belgian scientists that use solar power. Uh, they have the solar power system to create beer. And um, I believe they call it the sewer brewer. So they actually Clever. take urine and put it in this solar-powered device, and it ferments it and turns it into beer. And the way they stumbled upon this was they use urine to make other things. So they use it to make fertilizer. They use it to make drinking water. And it's extremely energy efficient. So they thought, why couldn't we make beer? Now, I, I don't know the flavor profile of this. I know, I mean... It's probably urine-based. I... I would guess. I mean, everyone's open to beer, and so wow, this tastes like piss. Yeah, you know, this takes it to a whole other level. Yeah, that's actually piss. Yeah, and so the article continues to say that this team of Belgium scientists actually collected. This is so gross. They actually collected all the urine from a ten-day music festival, and they turned it into a thousand liters of clean water. Could you imagine having that job wow. of harvesting all the urine from a ten-day? What music were they peeing festival? in? Like they just like a porta potty, and uh, they 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 had people use the hashtag P for science. 
Okay. I believe was the hashtag that they had people use. But they probably had like a special, I would guess like a special porta potty or something that. I would hope so. Because it's going to be like mixed it. with the poop and then we're back to poop beer again. Yeah. yeah. I'm we don't not want going, that. I'm we want going, pee beer. I'm not going back to poop beer. I'm not going back I'm to poop beer. We've moved on. Urine beer is the, is the is way the drink of the, of the future. future. So, I mean, <laughs> let's just face it, guys. You, just cut out the middleman. Just yep. start doing it now. I, <laughs> You'll probably I would, see major breweries doing it soon. Uh, I I sure hope not. And if they do, there should be an exclusive warning. <laughs> yes, you on definitely the label, have to tell people on the label. But that is that is our. That's very weird. Yeah, that is the weird beer segment. So thank you again to Jake uh, for emailing in. Uh, we are at the 36 minute mark, so we're gonna do what we said and skip out on that last thing. Sure. Um, Get to it next week. Yeah, we're gonna go to the. Uh, everyone's favorite show, if I can find the button, is Shelf of the Week. I only came here to do two things, man. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks <laughs> like we're almost out of beer. <laughs> and we are almost out of beer here. We're winding down on the show. This is everyone's yes, favorite segment, Shelf of the Week, where our listeners at home can go out to their local liquor store, get their hands on some product that might not be, you know, the most exclusive IPA, but you're going to enjoy it. And uh, hopefully it helps you get through the weekend. It is a rite of passage. Every beer drinker has to do it. And so our shelfer of the week, I have one. It's actually not even a beer. Love uh, it. I am going with a Thinking cider. outside the box. I am going with a cider uh, from a company far from the tree. They are extremely local. They are in Salem, Mass. Uh, they have a beer called Lay, I believe it's pronounced. You like went the, there, right? Like the You've Hawaiian been there? Yeah, I have been there. Um, it's L-E-I. It is a jalapeno and pineapple cider, oh, 8%, really intense. It's not super, super sweet like you would expect most ciders to be, like some of the stock ciders that you have. Sure. Um, do you get it, the spiciness, though? You definitely do get the spiciness, and that's why I like it, because the spiciness offsets the sweetness, sure. and it keeps you at 8% the whole time. It doesn't give you the, the ridiculous heartburn. It's a smart the combination, end. too. Yeah, so Far From the Tree, they are a cider uh, brewery. That is in Salem, Mass. They have a really cool location. They do exclusive tap release stuff. I actually went there on Halloween, believe it or not. Oh, what a great time to go. Yeah, I mean, it was perfect. They had they had some cool Halloween concept beers. It's really a funky little place. You can do flights. They sell other cans there. And they are they have pretty good distribution now, so you can get them in just about any any liquor store if you look hard enough. I've seen them around, I think. Yeah, so what do, you, what do you got for a shelf of this week? Um, well, I'm going to stick to the... Uh, with pigs and pints last night, two roads is on the brain. Uh, so the two roads, Honey Spot, Honey Spot Road IPA, uh, it's my shelf for the week. Uh, not to be confused, not to be confusing. Honey Spot Road has nothing to do with honey. Okay. Honey Spot Road is just uh, the road that the brewery is located on. Oh, no so this is kind of like their flagship, one of their flagship beers, uh, one of their better sellers. It's an 83 on Beer Advocate. So that's kind of what I've been focused on for my shelfers of the week. Pick something, you know, pretty well rated on Beer Advocate, something that a lot of people have tried and, and enjoyed. And I think this is a great one. It, uh, it drinks really smooth. It's more of uh, sessionable uh, at 6%. It's not going not gonna to put you on your ass. You can drink a ton of them if you want to. Um, we had a bunch of people try them at Pigs and Pints last night, and they loved them. So, yeah, so uh, two roads, Honey Spot Road. Honey uh, Spot good way Road. To go. A lot like Santilli from, uh, from Night Shift, which is on Santilli Highway. There you go. Yeah, so... That's a pretty popular thing. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Thank Again, you. Can't believe we're four weeks in. Can't believe we have over 100 downloads. Uh, thank you very much, and continue to spread the word. Subscribe. 
rate and download our episodes, please. Please. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>